Hello. Hello. Hey everybody, welcome back to Industry Tactics. I'm Friendly Rich, and on the podcast today, the great Weasel Walter, band leader, composer, performer, uh, leads the Flying Lutenbachers and is a part of many other projects. It was a real honor to get into his brain and see how he's kind of done it over the last how many years, 20 plus years. Um, we get into the Chicago scene of when he started out. Thank you, Gregory Jacobson, again for me for introducing me to this amazing artist. Um, so without further ado, this is my conversation with the great Weasel Walter, episode number 168 of Industry Tactics. professional a uh well okay i'm gonna stop weasel walter welcome to industry tactics i did it you did it it's great to be here i feel like my whole life has led to this moment technically well, it has i mean i i showed up so it's yeah. isn't that isn't that half the battle uh in the music industry in anything in anything is showing up well, I think my endurance is ridiculous. I wouldn't put anybody through what I've gone through to be where I am. But hey, you only learn it by doing. So why not? You're a, you're a big inspiration. Um, I'll just begin by saying that I've kind of you know what I wasn't what? Uh, I was <laughs> thanks I wasn't aware of you and your body of work until so this podcast is actually. <laughs> helping educate me in a lame ass way but i'll take it however i can get it episode number and hold on go bear with me here 159 is gregory jacobson probably your neighbor right yeah formerly that's pretty close yeah formerly because what you're no longer in chicago or he's no longer in chicago well, I am in Chicago, but when we sort of came up together in the 90s, we both lived in this neighborhood called Wicker Park, which was being rapidly gentrified. And I suppose we were um, the first wave of gentrifiers in that neighborhood. But there, you're talking like mid 90s at this okay. point. So that okay. was a long time. Is that yep. when you kind of is that when you kind of started releasing music or do you go like, do you come before then in terms of like starting to get really creative and finding your voice as an artist well when i was a teenager i had rock and roll fantasies and i used to dream up record labels and uh dream yeah. up releases and dream up bands and all that good stuff but oh. i didn't really have the resources to do any of that and frankly um my music situation and when i was a teenager stunk i was pretty isolated i mean i had a few crappy bands here and there but they didn't really amount to much and really okay. didn't do anything so i mean i had to move to chicago ostensibly to go to college to really start um being part of a music scene that could handle my ideas or my concepts or whatever so i mean you know by yeah. the time i had gone to chicago in 1990 
Yeah. I was dead set on playing free jazz. And it turned out that somebody whose records I had taught at Columbia College. And since my parents were like, you're going to college, I okay. went, well, I'll go to this one that Hal Ruff was going to. So, I mean, I basically went there, tracked him down, started playing free jazz. And that's how the Flying Lutenbachers formed. What's his name? Sorry, you cut out there for a little bit. Uh, the teacher that at Columbia that you wanted to, to work with. This guy's name was Hal Russell. Okay. And, yep. um, and, and so, he, and so you was, go, you end up going to, you go to Columbia then to study free jazz or no, I made that now, up. I, mean, I have a bachelor's degree in composition for what it's worth, but I don't think I learned anything there. I learned how to type. That's about it. Um, yeah, it wasn't wow. a great school, but it also wasn't expensive. So my parents okay. weren't really in hock. You know, you talk about going to college now, some groovy liberal arts college could set yeah. you back, what, like a quarter of a million dollars or something yeah. like that? Yeah, yeah. It was like chicken feed. So really what it was was um, my parents thought the design was that I go to college, and I thought the design was I go to a big city and I start bands. So it kind there of, you, go. you know, there was a little serendipity there, but I didn't give a shit about school. Ugh, who cares? <laughs> You're so... Um... Just from what I can glean from, like, your personality is like you're so uh, you seem so defiant in 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 a beautiful way, in a beautiful way. Like I I uh, I, I appreciate it. I love I love the t kind of what attracted me to like I I really pursued this interview because I in one of your Instagram stories where you're walking frantically through this uh, a neighborhood going like. Fuck, does any oh, you know what? I'm not supposed to swear on this podcast. I'm Got making it, Roger I, noted. I'm, okay, I'm making work for myself. Okay, I'll edit that out. But I'm our friends at CFRU in Guelph, our beautiful Guelph, our city of Guelph, are 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 syndicating this show, and every swear is a is a is basically payment. So I gotta I gotta I gotta be careful of that. Anyway, anyway. You were, you know what? Swear freely. I'm going to work hard to edit this for you. Uh, be yourself. I'll be myself. Okay. You, you were just right. like, you were just like, um, uh, I don't know. It seemed like you were having a bad day, but I, I get what you were saying. You were kind of like, does anyone give a damn? <laughs> you know, like, and I was like, man, like uh, a recent fan of the, in discovering what you do. And it took me way too long to come across your work. But you know what? I, I don't really fuss on that. I uh, Whatever. I'm ignorant. Um, but I'm thankful that I, we crossed paths here today and uh, that I found your work because it's really inspiring stuff. But I, I, there's no question in there. So So just react to the statement, I guess. I'm too lazy to make a question. Well, I feel like I'm one of the best kept secrets in the music biz for whatever reason. Oh, yeah. And, um, I don't know. Uh, you know, people who are. Uh, um, I think that a lot of people like to be armchair uh, um, psychologists and I'm not, not scared of success. I never have been, but I've always never been scared to hold back my opinions or do what I think is right. And as such, some people love me and some people hate me. Yeah. So be it. Um, it's a little paradoxical. I mean, I, 
uh, when I'm in public mode, I mean, I'm yep. here to rock, you know, I don't yep. really hold back. I can be okay. pretty in your face, but that's not to say that I, um, that's the way I am 24 hours a day. Yep. I mean, certainly I'm Good. quite reflective, self-reflective. So I yep. don't know. I mean, there's a public image that's pretty ostentatious that I've always had. Um, I have mm -hmm. to say at certain points in my life, there probably was no separation between that and me, but that I'm 51 now and I've been doing this for more than 30 years and, wow. uh, wow. you know, I've taken my blows. So, I mean, my ego is in a pretty good place. Yeah. And, I like that. Uh, I like that. I like that. No, I mean, my, my, my attitude is if somebody has a, an honest inquiry, I'm yeah. here to answer it. You know, yeah. I'm not aloof. I don't sit on an okay. ivory tower pretending i'm this like artiste that has to um weigh every single word i tell yeah. somebody for yeah. matters of diplomacy you know i just shoot from the hip yeah. and i try to there you go i don't know if i'm like demystifying the whole thing but um i'm, ha I'm thankful i'm thankful i'm yeah. thankful for voices like yours because it was it was kind of refreshing i don't know if that means i'm becoming a crab apple or i probably i am a crab apple but like mm -hmm. It was like, it was like, you know what I found in that little rant that was like, does anyone care? You were just like, damn it. If you care, get in touch. It was like, it was that. And it was, it was a call to action, man. I took it. I took your call to action. But, 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 but like what I loved about it was that it wasn't polished. It was like, it. you weren't, I got the sense that you were, you were engaging with social media in your own way, but you didn't really care about Oh, is this going to be good for my, uh, like, oh, is this going to sell records or not? Or like, we're well beyond that, eh? Like, we're, you, you said you're 51 and not giving a damn and just doing it your way, I think. So that's what I appreciated in that. The honesty, it was genuine. Okay, it was a little dark on the edges. I think you apologized, like, the day later of, like, hey, it's all good. You know, I had to get that off my chest. But anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I just, I'm a contrarian, I suppose. And when I see everyone cultivating these, um, these public Im images that are so yeah. Yeah. Uh, contrived, it's just nauseating to me. I mean, yes. I don't know. I, I kind of, the part of the reason why I got into music was to have these human exchanges and have them on my turf which is like a creative turf of aesthetics yeah. and yeah. as thus i'm a music fan first and foremost so i love music i love to talk about it it doesn't have to be my music we can talk about but yeah i can I talk that. about that at length i assure you but uh you know the ultimate thing is about human connections so mm. i just don't understand i i'm not i'm not unapproachable and i'm not aloof you know i mean sometimes Good. i get negative attention i don't want and it is dealt with swiftly um i'm not uh, a masochist or anything like that but you know at the same time like I like feedback. Um, sometimes negative feedback is really interesting because then I have to look at where is this person coming from? Are they even right about what they think? I don't know. It's all grist yeah. for the mill. So, whatever. yeah. You, you, what yeah. are you, what are you referring to there on like some, some of the negative stuff of like, is it like people just saying stuff about a record or a, a weird take on something that you've done or and is that, I think that, you know, given the confrontational nature of a lot of my work, mm -hmm. people might have some ideas in their head about who I am and what I stand for. Okay. Um, 
Okay. And that's all well and good. They're entitled to that. But sometimes I think people are projecting onto me. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's people who will are not fans of my personality um, for whatever reason, but I think that also reflects on them possibly as much or more than it reflects on me. Okay. I don't know. You know, I mean, when you, when you, when you're a public person, uh, when you're a public personality <clears throat> and you sort of splatter your guts all over, people can take that or leave it. And yeah. sometimes they can heavily misconstrue what the intent is. So I don't know. That's, I um, guess that's what I'm. Have you, a uh, big fan of your personality as much as your music, by the way. Uh, I think I, actually, I, I, I'm I'm not joking around there. I thought I think the two of those dance nicely together. So that's kind of it's 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 a real thrill to have you uh, here and just opening up and 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 learning from you uh, on this podcast. Have you uh, cool. have you found it more difficult lately? Just, I don't know. Is it me or is it like tense out there? And do you do you? concern yourself with that in a live settings or just or even online in, in in interactions with humans as it is a human contact sport what we do do you uh is there any like any concern around that um in touring or connecting with people just give it i don't know given the climate i don't know even what i'm trying to say about the climate was it any different in the 90s maybe not maybe i'm just I don't know. You, are you at all? Do you concern yourself at all with the interaction now in 20? We're doing this interview in 2023, you know? Well, one of the things that allows me to say the outrageous stuff I say is that I mostly ignored. So most people aren't really noticing it. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, that yeah. gives me a lot of freedom to be me. Honestly, I, I'm not. You know, I think I had big dreams of maybe connecting with more people when I was younger and being more, quote, quote, famous or yeah. recognized or acknowledged. But now I just kind of accept that I do what I do and I do it on the level I do it. Mm -hmm. And it's all gravy, I guess. I mean, I, I, I'm a cult artist and there I don't really go. mind that. I don't, I don't feel like I'm I'm being denied something that I deserve in terms of recognition or yeah, something yeah. like yeah. that. But I look yeah. around, I mean, honestly... I don't really like the music scene right now. I think it stinks. I mean, the only thing I really relate to is a lot of death metal stuff, but I don't really play death metal yeah. per se. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's more of like my listening predilections, but I'm not really yeah. that impressed with, uh, I'm not really impressed with the music scene right now. It seems like the, the gentry have kind of taken it over. I mean, I lived in New York for 13 years and yeah. I had to move because yeah. I'm working class. And I, somebody didn't fit in and it was me and people were kind of subtly mm. letting me know that I wasn't really belonging there. And you know what? Mm. They can have it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Their, their yawn inducing culture of there rich kids uh, is um, not really that interesting to me. So why you, would you... I kill myself to try to fit into that? I mean, I'm more about rocks and sticks and ideas and like making things happen than I am you know, like trying to sell bullshit. Um, yes, thank you. Thank you. You're very kind. I myself there. I've been trying to sell. You're very you know, kind. I'm not a yeah. charlatan. 
I mean, I put my money where my mouth is musically, and yeah, yeah, you that's do. All I mean, I don't like any place right now. I'm not really into culture. I just kind of <laughs> float out here right now. But this thing, this yeah. goes up and down. You know, to tie it into the whole thing of the '90s, I'm not nostalgic about the '90s. I mean, some okay things happened there, but yeah. I just see the whole journey is like a big struggle to get to where I am now. And I would never, I'm not nostalgic about any time in the past, although there were great times in the past. Um, These scene things that coincide with my aesthetic desires come and go. And right now they're not, it's not here. Sorry. I guess, I guess where I was at with that is like almost to pointing to the political tensions of you know, left and left well, and I mean, left and right and stupid, stupid, just prevailing. So just yeah, uh, be, well, being in a very being touring in a very stupid world. Uh, have you had to yeah. navigate that a little more lately? Because it seems like it's on the rise. That's all. Yeah, well, I live in this oligarchy and <laughs> right, right. It's, it, it's being like pushed towards what I think are kind of fascist ideals by like a minority. Yeah of rich uh politicians i don't you know i mean uh it's it's a pretty dire situation and it definitely could get worse and may get very worse so yeah what does this mean i mean i'm not into orthodoxy so uh you know i think women should be able to like have abortions and i think uh queer people should be able to get married and i think all kinds of groovy stuff you know and this doesn't really go with this sort of like knee jerk reactionism that is dominating the American landscape, but it's only dominating it because um, these jerks uh, are legislating, you know, they're controlling our Supreme court and they're legislating freedom away from everybody else. And it's not, they don't reflect the majority, frankly, they might, they might reflect, Oh, I don't know, maybe 50% of our country by stats, but I don't know. I'm, I'm definitely a liberal, but at the same time, do I have a lot of hope for the direction the United States government is going in? No. I've yeah, been reading and, a lot yeah, lately about um, the Black Panthers were a pretty big inspiration on me when I was a young man. I oh, was wow. definitely into 60s jazz. Yeah, and uh, yeah. the civil rights movement was really fascinating, especially in terms of the Black Panthers and their self-empowerment wow. and trying to aid their own community against basically um uh police violence and racism and i think that uh we need to keep looking at these historical um situations yeah and applying the approaches to the present although um the black panthers were pretty much crushed by the fbi i mean a lot of countercultural yeah. groups in america were crushed with by the COINTELPRO uh, situation with our government. So, I mean, it wasn't mm-hmm. just like, yay, everybody was countercultural and it worked out. No, it was actively crushed by the government. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. It makes you think, you know, uh, those who don't look at history are doomed to repeat it. And yeah. Uh, yeah. certainly Americans are are in trouble. Yeah, hard, hard stop, hard stop. I, I And I assume coming out to... Uh, your shows are it's kind of preaching to the choir in a lot of ways. I would, I would assume, I would assume that. Well, I don't really, my, my none of my art is preaching. Uh, literally. <laughs> yeah, I would say it's, it's yeah. very abstract. 
Like these, yeah. these matters. I mean, I am not a, a political genius. I don't sit and read the papers all day. Like some of my friends do. Yeah. I mean, the, I, I'm not going to act like I'm more um, on top of politics. I mean, I, I I'm up on the, the macrocosm of it, yeah. which is yeah. not looking good. Um, yeah. But I, there's only so many hours in the day, so I'm not going to sit here like I'm some um, political analyst that knows the whole score, but I just see what's going on. And um, I think, you know, if there's any political statements in my music, they're very abstract because I think that um, um, these situations keep occurring throughout history and the names change, but the... the uh, the situations reoccur. I mean, I've written multiple albums about the destruction of the earth and the human race. So, there you go.
Go to episode number 148, fellow listeners, and listen to uh, my conversation with the president of the Rhinoceros Party from Rimouski, Quebec, Sébastien Corino. if you really want to get political, but let's not. Um, you let, Let's get into, I'm interested into uh, those early years when you came to Columbia, when you, when you, when you, where were you, where'd you grow up? Like in a suburb of Chicago or what? No, I grew up in Rockford, Illinois. Okay. Okay. Um, which is, I guess, the third largest city in Illinois. Not that that means stuff. It's probably at the point it was probably 135,000 yeah. people or whatever, but it was, um, hmm. uh, ugh, it's, ugh. I mean, when I grew up there, <laughs> I was fortunate enough that record yeah. stores were very plentiful and, uh, I was buying stuff nobody wanted. I was buying free jazz records for a few bucks a pop used out of the budget bin. And I was able to really pursue wow. all these threads in underground music that I was really yeah. interested in very early on. And as yeah. such, I, uh, the bar was pretty high for me by the time I got to Chicago. I mean, I was, you know, definitely, definitely very interested in these subcultural things like free jazz and no wave and punk and, uh, you know, like 20th century modern modernism and you yeah. know, all this kind of stuff. I, I was hip to it in high school because I was a loner. I just spent uh -huh. a lot of time absorbing uh, books and records and whatever, whatever factoids I could kind of put together into this worldview. So wow. I don't know. Um, Chicago was me. I was also pretty feral. I don't really feel yeah. like... Um, I knew a lot about cause and effect in social situations. So I was a big mouth. I was real arrogant and I was definitely going to do what I was going to do. And anybody who got in my way was going to be mowed down. So, I mean, I, I definitely in, in Chicago in the nineties, I definitely made some life enemies by shooting my mouth off, but wow, whatever I, I, you know, if anyone wants to blame me for that, it's just like, yeah, really yeah. a twig yeah. in his 20s that came from a hick town that basically didn't yeah. even know how to wipe his ass like you're really gonna hold that yeah. against him so yeah. i don't know yeah. when i when i hear about these grudges that people have from you know 25 30 years ago i, I have to laugh at that it's like all right well you think i haven't uh, grown or changed yeah. remotely since then you moron you know <laughs> say it to my face so i mean life is about uh, evolution right i mean some people yeah. disagree with that but i yeah. think that lives evolve and mm -hmm. i'm glad that i am who i am now but i, I fought a lot of bloody battles to get to okay. this point and you know wow. i'm still trying to grow i'm still trying to wow. learn i mean wow that's what, really interesting to me like um are you i i could go there i guess in in a sense of like do you regret who you were back then or is it was it just part of your process of like you were on a you were trying to be as true to yourself as possible and just like move in this direction yeah. i mean i don't regret it i don't regret yeah. who i was i mean that's like saying to someone who's drowning in the water yeah. do you regret like uh being yeah. in the water flapping around for your life it's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> how can yeah. you you weren't in a position and it wasn't like yeah you know uh I was just doing what I thought you were supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I always yeah. looked up the iconoclasts artistically, and I was like, well, these people just sort of said, screw it, and and doubled down on their aesthetics and did what they had to do, even if it was against the status quo. So, like, why wouldn't I do that? 
Did that mean though? You know, I was pretty incendiary. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Like, did that mean that you burned a lot of bridges like uh, with, with folks? Were you not a nice person? I probably did. Yeah. Yeah. I I could be, but I was always allergic to hypocrisy (laughs) and dilettantism and frauds and all this kind of stuff. And I just, I always see tons of that in the music scene. And I, these days I kind of just roll my eyes and I, if I don't care about something, I just ignore it. It's very easy to ignore anything. I'm well ignored at this point. I mean, I have like very little cultural impact. So people, people can easily just not listen to my music or pay any attention to me, but there's, there's so much fraudulent nonsense, like in the music scene. I don't yeah. care. I mean, I might make fun of it at a party or something to my friends, but yeah. I really couldn't yeah. care. Well, back then I thought it was like, you know, I'm fighting for the yeah. good yes. fight for what's true and real. So yeah. I had a lot of, um, I had a lot of strong ethical, uh, you know, things that I thought I was crusading for. And you, and you thought it was important <laughs> when, when, yeah, in, rea- yeah, in reality, I thought, when I right? saw people yeah. that I thought were frauds or hypocrites or yeah. posers, yeah. I just let them have it, you know, why if you find somebody who doesn't like me, okay. If they don't like my music, fine. That's one thing. It's not uh-huh. for everybody, but uh-huh. me as a person, if somebody says they don't, they don't like me, yeah. Look a little closer at why they're saying that, because nice. it might be more revealing nice. to them than it there is you go, to there me. You go, so, there you go. There you go. Am I a nice guy? I prefer to be a nice guy. I'll yeah. put it that way. Then nice. Well, I appreciate yeah. that. I appreciate that. No, where I was kind of going with that is like this notion of like to be successful or like people who we, I think a lot of us, I don't know, admire maybe to a certain extent of just like, they maybe weren't the nicest people or like, is it possible to be nice and be a successful artist? I think so. I want to believe so. Cause what is, I was going to ask you, what do you, what is success for you? Like, do you, do you feel successful as the artist? Are you the artist you want to be? I think so. Like, it seems like it to me, but go ahead. It's tricky. (laughs) You're like, no, I'm not. I mean, I feel like, I feel like I did everything I set out to do, but yeah. how difficult it was made me, I'm, I'm not so crazy about much of that in hindsight. I mean, I definitely put a lot of effort into yeah. things yeah. that, um, yeah. Yeah. you know, there's a price for all this, like, effort psychically, physically, otherwise. I mean, I don't really, yeah. I'm not real romantic about all the hardships that I faced, but, yeah. um, yeah. Would would I like it if more people related to my music and more people yeah. showed up at shows and bought it and all that crap? Yeah, of course I would. Yeah, but I don't see like how I can really. All I can do is make the work, play yeah. the shows, yeah, communicate yeah. with the people. I can't. I can't force people to be interested in my work if they're not yeah. interested in it. They're not interested. There's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Like I'm on social media, of course, and when I look at Instagram. I'm seeing all these paid ads from these frauds and charlatans that I yeah. don't care about. And I yeah. think it's so funny that it's like, is it that pathetic where you're literally just plunking down money just so you'll be in front of like more yeah. eyes to see your yeah. mediocrity? Like, uh, not interested, go. not interested. Right. I'm not that desperate. You yeah. know, I'd rather just do yeah. what I do, put it out yeah. there. The people that like it, like it. Yeah. I'm not going to like 
pay for more exposure or anything like that. I mean, I've already paid with my blood. Like, you know, I, no, I'm no. skint. I'm I mean, not, you yeah. know, it's not like yeah. I have a pile of money here for promotion. So, yeah. you know, yeah. I do what I do. And um, is it, has it always been hard? Yeah. I mean, yeah. having bands is kind of hard. Yeah. Is it harder? Uh, is it harder? It doesn't really, I can't say it's gotten easier as I've gotten older. No. I yeah. mean, yeah. trying to have like the flying Lutenbachers, you know, is uh, an ongoing uh, project. And, you know, I moved back to Chicago a couple of years ago permanently and trying to put a new group together was real tricky because there's a different bar in New York. Sorry, it's true. Um, some people don't like to hear this, but you kind of go to New York to try to like be successful. And in Chicago, there's not much to be successful at. So I think the bar is just lower. And there's also kind of like, um, I noticed in Chicago that lowest low self-esteem is a bigger thing. <laughs> so it's yeah, like, yeah. it's harder to find people that want to be like outlandish and learn all these notes and go crazy and play the stuff. I mean, I finally found a stable lineup, but it took me, you know, like a year and a half or something, or maybe even two years to put together a stable lineup in Chicago. Now that I have it, now we have wow. to learn all the music and yeah. everyone's adults yeah. and everyone has yeah. schedules and stuff. Yeah. So yeah. it's yeah. like, I have to learn to cool my jets and just go like, well, dude, I mean, you've been kicking butt for 30 years and yeah. like, yeah, to a lot of deaf ears. I mean, like, you just get the music together, let the music speak, let the yeah. performances speak. You can't yeah. do much more than that. And that's, and that's just what I accept. Do I like that? No. I wish there was yeah. like a magic button I could press. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I just don't see it. You know, all you can yeah. do is make the art, really put it yeah. out there. So you, you seem like you run on a pretty, um, like, just mentally, maybe creatively, like you, you, uh, you run at a pretty fast tempo from what I gather. Like you, you, if it were up to you, you'd, you, it would, the Lutenbachers would be up and running already. Like it would be, it's taking, it's taking longer the journey to getting it back to where you want it to be. But you're appreciating that having done this for 30 years, you're like, you know what? Let the tempo be what it is. Yeah. I mean, I, I've always been ambitious um, my, my parents were working class mm -hmm. and, um, my father who is not an intellectual has a lot of street smarts. And he told me when I was very young, yeah. look, man, if you're going to do something, do it all the way. And I think yeah, he's yeah. lived to regret <laughs> yeah. saying this to yeah. me, but basically once I got yeah. into music, I was like, you're like, kid, I, I, you, I, mis I, you misunderstood I, me yeah. like 10 working bands at once. And like all this wow. stuff. I mean, right wow. now I feel weird because i'm only in like five or six bands most yeah. of which do not live in my town so they're not really yeah it's amazing you know but well is do you it? like I that mean, do you like that does that make you feel <laughs> I don't. like how do you how do you design a week being so kind of diverse in that like how do you how does a week well, look in your life? are they all different these bands don't live in the same town they don't rehearse right. so it's like yeah you usually when i'm in chicago i'm like trying to get the flying lutenbachers to rehearse okay and right now like that's amazing people are out of town so i'm okay. like twiddling my thumb you know like i practice <laughs> a lot i mean honestly part of the reason why i switched to guitar 
from drums and flying Lutenbachers is wow. I can sit around all day and practice guitar and playing drums is like, it's loud and uh, yeah. you have to have a place to do yeah. it and all that yeah. stuff. So, yeah. I mean, I take care of a lot of other business, you know, yeah. day to day. I mean, I, yeah. I, like I said, I mean, right now I'm getting ready to do a bunch of touring with my out of town bands and okay. like okay. there's logistics involved yeah the yeah. budgets are low you know we kind of got like make this work are you um, di are you diy own. do you diy a lot of that like are are you are you in the mix on some of that but with all your experience or i mean ju- just from one tour to the next in terms of the role that you would play in each band well, i stay awake i stay awake and like like pay attention to what's going on, but I will yeah. never book my own tour ever again in my life. Yeah. I hated it. I always yeah. hated it. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Tours. I mean, it stinks. I'd rather yeah. pay somebody to do it. And luckily, I'm in a fortunate position where I do have a booking agent right now for most right. of my projects, right. and that is priceless. But still, you got to oversee it and make sure everything makes sense. Sure. And sure. then there's sure. logistics, and you, you know, this stuff's rely. always done yeah. on the budget. Yeah. I mean, I always laugh at people that are like, why don't you, don't you get a sound man? I'm like, cause we, yeah. there's no room in the van. Right. There's no right. money for this. Like, right. are you kidding right. me? Like, what right. are you talking about? Like, right. I think Lydia Lund retrovirus yeah. could totally be- benefit from having a touring sound person, but sure. there's of just, course. there's no money. There's no room in the van. Of course, like, of course, of course. Where's the money come from? It's the, it's the whole thing of like, would you like more, more people coming to the shows? Of course. Would you like uh, on all fronts? Well, of course, you'd love to tour with a sound person, but I get it. Not all tours allow for that, right? Um, yeah. I mean, I've always been DIY in terms of I didn't wait around for these things to fall into place. I just, um, I had the ideas yeah. and I made the stuff. You know, I wasn't going to wait around until I had like a music lawyer and uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 all yeah. This crap, you know, I mean, it's just yeah. like, I guess there's like, you know, if you want to go that route and you want to be like a player and you want to be on a bigger, um, uh, you know, if you want a bigger game, like good on you, like go for it, do all that stuff. But I'm yeah. kind of interested in the music being good, like uh, all that oh. other stuff. Yeah. Oh, go figure. What a surprise. What a refreshing yeah. take. Um um sorry. On on that front, <laughs> on that front. No, yeah, thank you. Please let the Canadians apologize here. Um on that sorry. front though, the music is like so uh Lutenbachers alone, let alone uh some of your other projects. Uh uh how are you I'm going to ask a really uh excitingly fun stupid question here but like how are you um getting that music made in other words are you charting are you charting that out like where how is that coming out of your brain and into reality because it's so beautiful i often wonder music of that style is is quite precise in a lot of moments of it uh it's noisy at times and i get how that gets made but like yeah. the the other stuff, the more precise stuff, are you charting that? Are you rehearsing that pretty pretty like religiously? Like how how do you get that on a stage even or to to record? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, let's refer to the second to last Lutenbarger's album, Negative Infinity, which came out a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. That was one of the more or that's the most uh, compositionally intensive record that the band has made since it came back in 2017. Right. And basically, 
uh, I get the ideas. Like I usually for the flying loot buggers, I only write music. If one, there's a band to play it. And two, there's some kind of specific idea. Like most of the, most of the compositions on that are based of a, on a concept of, I want to do something that does this or behaves like this. And then I work with these parameters and kind of shape each piece. Um, okay. so like okay. the first, the first song on that record is called Fury of the Delusion. And the concept was to have this long uh, chromatic line played where the listener can't immediately tell where the repeat is. And the other concept of it was to displace the one of the bar so that oh, people amazing. are always having the rug pulled out from under them uh, in terms of uh, where the downbeat is. Okay. And that's it. That was basically the idea behind the composition. And I just sat down. I said, okay, these are parameters. How do I play with these ideas and make something interesting out of it for myself? And I just worked with those two simple concepts until I had, you know, like a four minute, 30 second song or whatever. And then I wrote all the notes out, you know, you I mean, do, you I, do, so you, you are, you are, you are charting it out. Oh yeah. For the most uh, part, that music, not all of them, but maybe for well, the most part. Yeah. I mean that, that whole album was written out and then handed to the band members as charts and we are we are know, they, dealing with the... a capital c composer here uh, gentle listeners wow.
truth turns out. What are you using to chart your, are you, are you now, now are you sharpening pencils and writing this down on, um, in, in, in like in a, in a, in a, in a Chicago, uh, alleyway, like are, how, how DIY are you weasel Walter? Well, a lot of the real noty stuff, real complex stuff. I usually, that's stuff that I punched away in MIDI just because okay. it's easier to get the feedback and you can really work faster. I don't, I don't have like perfect pitch. I have very good relative pitch, but I, I can't like see these things yeah. perfectly in my head. Yeah. So something like okay. MIDI is a great tool. It's almost like you can just make the music happen and really work yeah. on it so quickly and make yeah. a lot of decisions really quickly. So, yeah. I mean, a lot of times I will actually rewrite by hand those parts because I think it, one, it's not a bad discipline to look over the parts. And I also two, when you people playing this, this uh, rehearsal intensive music, you kind of want to make it as easy for them as humanly possible to get the okay. best result. Because if you hand people like a thing that just looks like it's 1200 unrelated yeah. notes, you're going to yeah. have big problems. Okay. Like, a lot of my okay. music yeah. is very motivically sound. Yeah. I might have like four or five small fragments of ideas yeah. and then I yeah. reuse that transform that material so that there's not just like this endless array of unrelated okay. material because okay. musicians, yeah. kind of hate that yes. and it's hard to get them to put their viscera into it if they're just struggling to play all these notes like a machine i mean you can get a machine to play all these yeah notes. yeah good that's the good. thing a mid like good but then like yeah. if you want people to play it i think yeah, part of the it. thing as a composer is you want to get this complexity the simplest way possible you know the easiest way to execute it is usually the best way who so, um who who inspired this in you like what kind of artists when you were at columbia or even before what drove you to wanna uh, that the, you spoke about free jazz earlier like who who kind of made this uh a cool path for you charting it out and running it the way you do was there well was there a model I mean, that I, you... I, I, I operate you know on all poles of music in terms from, from improvisation to composition. I mean, I do yeah. both. I do total free improvisation yeah. to totally through composed stuff and everything in between. Yeah. So it's not so much a matter of I, I do this or that. It's more of what is the best approach to get the music to sound the way that I need it to sound. And sometimes you don't yeah. have to write this stuff out because the yeah. music doesn't, yeah. do it. it, you know, you can have people come in and maybe just improvise what's best for it and you don't have to control it i'm not a control freak in that regard i mean sometimes i have yeah. uh ideas and concepts that are very very specific and they must be notated because yeah. Yeah. they cannot left open because they're supposed to do this certain thing so in that case then i write out all the notes but um you know uh i am <laughs> i love this i don't know that, uh I don't know that there's anyone in particular. I mean, I'm a music lover and, you know, the, my early days in Chicago, my main influences were, you know, kind of like 70s punk, mm -hmm. the no wave scene known from New York um, mm -hmm. and music like that, post-punk, no, no wave, mm -hmm. uh, free jazz, uh, particularly mm -hmm. 60s and 70s free jazz mm -hmm. and modern classical music. Um, yeah. yeah. Some people think paradoxical term but whatever 20th century modernism yeah. Yeah. and uh 
you know, stuff like that. Later on, death metal kind of came and took over. Like, but those are basically the core ideals of my music. Like, did you right come there. up? Did you, did you come up as a drummer and then gravitate to guitar later, or what? What? How does that work? I started out as a bass player, having took some rudimentary right. lessons for a couple of years. Like, okay. That's why I can read music and all that okay. sort of thing. But okay. I was voted worst drummer ever by some of my peers in high school. Like a lot of people thought I had no hope whatsoever, that I had no rhythm, that yeah. I stunk. And I just kind of enjoyed doing it and I kept doing it. And uh, mm. I got to be a very good drummer by some people's uh, criterion. Um, I think by my own criterion, I'm a pretty okay drummer, but to me, these were just, uh, tools. They were a means to an end. I was never really in love with the drums. Like me, I'm a drummer. It was just sort of like, but that's tools I used to, you know, that's fascinating. That's fascinating to me though, because we talk about our musical identities and yes, you, you are a composer. So in, in needless to say, you, you you'll go where the music takes you and i love that but that's kind of interesting though that you would that that you, that you kind of run the gamut on all the cool instruments right like it's kind of that's interesting to me you know it's it's uh i don't hear enough of that I mean, I in, in these interviews i don't hear enough of that you know like your path is your all of our like paths Look, we're we're all special snowflakes, but you're you're a very special one, evidently, because all of our paths are so uh, unique. You know, like it's I appreciate that. Well, hey, look, well, you're the only one living your life as in uniquely as you are. And uh it's it's cool. It's it's interesting just that that all of that reflects in your music and it truly does. Um, how are you as a band leader? Do you like doing it? Do you like running a rehearsal? Is that fun for you? <laughs> sometimes i mean if people are showing up and doing their job yeah but it can be a little <laughs> sticky if they're yeah um, all right good answer I, uh, a lot of times being a band leader means that you are going to be dragging some people across the finish line i've had very few groups where i felt like everybody was on the same page it has happened but it's not yeah. the rule it's yeah. kind of the exception yeah. and usually someone has to be motivated i mean i always find it funny how um a lot of people that you talk to are just who who consider themselves musicians are just act like they're so devoted to it. But then when you actually, it's time to kind of do it. Yeah. You, you see the last motivation and then you start wondering, well, uh, okay. I don't know what your motivation is here, but mm. man, I need you to learn these notes and play them right. Like seriously. Yeah, okay. You know? Okay. I mean, okay. Okay. Not the fun part. No. I mean, I, yeah, I, got, play, yeah, I get generally, you. generally the people I play in bands with, I am on a good personal level. It's not like I just hire random people to play my stuff. There has to be kind of like a vibe sure. of some kind sure. of friendship or respect. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I've been in very democratic bands and then I've been in things like the flying Lutenbargers where I pretty much call most of the shots most of the time. Yeah. And I'm happy to be in co-op bands. Like some of my favorite bands yeah. that I've been in have okay. been totally cooperative where I okay. certainly was not a leader. Okay. And um, I just came in and contributed my part to it. And, uh, or maybe I asserted things about myself. I mean, I'm a very flexible person. You know, if you want to look at my long storied career, part of the reason why I've done stuff is that I was very adaptable and there were a lot of different things that I wanted to be a part of. 
you know, like I was playing free jazz and then I was playing death metal at the same time. And it wasn't, there was no dilettantism about either. Yeah. It was just, well, yeah. Yeah. In Hayward, that was a death metal band. And so I'm playing death metal. And when I, and okay. when I, at that time, I was, you know, playing like free improvised music at the same time. Uh, I'm not really want... into this postmodern pastiche idea. I yeah, mean, I, yeah. I kind of, yeah. Okay. All these things. Okay. But there's different places to express them. And I just, that's all that's to it really. I like, um, I, I might want to try to try to read into something here and tell me if you think I'm, well, I hope you, I thought, I hope I'm correct in saying it, but you, you've been doing this for so long and in so many different contexts that I don't think you're a difficult person never having worked with you. I think you're a, you're, you're, you know where you want to get and your phone keeps ringing evidently. And you're, you're doing all these different things. Um, and you're, and obviously, yes, you're finding your people. So I just wanted to distinct, make that distinction because some people are just difficult and their phones aren't ringing again. And I don't think they're making a lot of friends through music. And that's not what mm -hmm. I see in your body of work. In your body of work, I'm seeing like, you're just, you are a strong personality that is coming across. And since I, since you joined this call, right? Like it's, it's a, and, and all of your stories, you are usually on Instagram. You are usually sharing an opinion. This sucks or, or other, I, I, or I really dig what I'm hearing here, right? Like nothing wrong with this. Like you're, I don't know. There's no, again, there's no question here. Weasel Walter, I haven't asked you one question yet. We're 46 minutes into the interview. Um, Shoot. I don't know. Do you think I was accurate there, though, on that front of like um, your phone keeps ringing, right? Like you 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 have made a lot of longtime friends through this yeah. game over the last 30 years. eh? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of the people that I played music with, I'm mm -hmm. still. Um, Given that I played with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people and yeah. uh, with various levels of personal intimacy, um, I'm I think I'm on pretty good terms with most of the people I've ever played with. But you know whether or not you see these people ever again yeah. sometimes is a question yeah. because we're all yeah. adults. You know, I mean, yeah. things yeah. move on. But yeah, I have very strong bonds with people, and um. Because I'm I'm an all in kind of guy. I really yeah. care about music and yeah. these bands. Um, I'm really pouring myself into it, and mm. some people appreciate that. And you know, I think I can be pretty fun to be around uh, if my mood <laughs> is good. Um, I'm, I can be a I I, I I like to make party. You know, I like I'm yeah. I, I'm an I'm an irritainer. I don't yeah, mind. There you, you know, I like, I got a lot of energy. I mean, really, to be honest, I think this whole career of mine was too, it was a way for me to be part of society because I believe that I'm somewhat yeah. antisocial, uh, yeah. believe it or not. Like I'm, I'm, I can be canny and all that stuff, but yeah, yeah. I, for whatever reason, I'm, I'm always been a contrarian and I've always been like on the outside looking in of okay. society and I don't see this changing, honestly. So I'm very suspicious of the status quo. Yeah. Um, secondly, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I did this to have relationships with people and have a common ground. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know where I'm going with this. I mean, you I, know what I, I just, think, you know, 
to an extent i feel like you're you're uh you're a beautiful american you're what i love most about america you're a unique like you're not you know you're 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 as you describe it you're all in it's like what i love most about america is like well, let's let's not sh- let's not uh defecate on your country too much right we we did early, a little earlier but what makes america so beautiful is that when it you know when it's in it's in like like it's it's a it's a country of extremes and yeah. you're, you're on 11 right like you you are you're giving it your all like i i won't even ask you the dumb question of like uh Will you eventually stop doing this? I get the impression that you will keep to making music and being a creative and collaborating as long as you're with us, you know? I, I'll that- do it as long as it's meaningful. I mean, okay. I have to say that uh, um, I don't, I'm not finding it terribly easy to do what I do right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and I do feel like that. I mean, it's funny because I think a lot of artists have to look at their psychological drives closely to really understand who they are. And I've had to do that a lot in the past 10 years in particular, like wonder, yeah. like, why am I so compelled to do this stuff? Like, what is the reason behind that? And uh, don't take that you know, for sometimes, granted. Yeah. Well, sometimes you find out these things are dark and they're somewhat um illogical in the sense that sometimes these these things that we do these impulses we have in life are this defense mechanism against something else. the past yeah maybe yeah. the way you were treated or raised yeah. or or things that happened to you we learn yeah. a lot of defense mechanisms as humans so in a weird way you know i look at my own art and then i look at who i am yeah and how i got to this point and it's a mixed bag. <laughs> it's not all yeah. positive, but I think yeah. that art is a great way to um, deal with existence. I think it's a great way go. to cope there you with, go. with uh, our realities. I mean, everyone's got their things that they're struggling with. Yeah. And yeah. I think that my body of music, my body of work is uh, it definitely reflects who I am and on a bunch of complex levels and it's all right there and i think some people relate to it and i'm glad you know that's why i did it so i love that i I appreciate that man i appreciate you do do you uh is that kind of like there's like some pretty interesting um obviously moments along the way there is that can you talk a little bit about why Lutenbuckers went away and then came back? And then like, you just like, is that part of that push and pull there? Is there a little bit of that in the mix? The flying Lutenbuckers capsized around 2006. And yeah. I had kind of, I had great musicians. Um, we were playing insane music and these guys yeah. were really pulling it off, but it's sort yeah. of like the more good the the better the music got and the more kick-ass we became as a band the less people seemed to be interested in it and it was honestly breaking my heart it was killing me like it was it it was getting pretty dark and it got to a point where my anxiety about it kind of destroyed the band i wasn't uh it was very overwrought at the end and i was pretty unpleasant to be around and basically after one incident my guitar player came up to me said weasel 
you got to give this a rest. It's really unpleasant. And I was like, you're right. Oh, and that was the end of a band for 10 years. He was, wow. he was, he was totally right about it. And it yeah. took somebody um, that I trusted that much to say that to my face, as devastating as that was. God, and for me God. to totally take it, like, you're absolutely right. We are flogging a dead horse. That's heavy. Let's just walk away. So I had to walk away from it. And um, it was always on the back of my mind, but I felt like there was too much baggage and okay. I needed to do some other stuff. So when I brought it yeah. back, it was uh, not an easy decision and it took a little while to get going because mm -hmm. I didn't just want to use it as a brand name. I, I wanted it to be the Flying Lutenbachers and I wanted it to be it. The level of um, aesthetics had to be there. Yeah. It had to be another chapter in what the concept of the band was and you know yeah. i did that and i'm doing it we're four albums in uh fifth one will probably be early next year maybe something oh, wow. like that and wow we've already had 12 members or something <laughs> so it's i mean yeah. it's the yeah. tradition yeah. just keep yeah you know basically what i'm trying to do is at any given point i'm trying just trying to make the music i want to make but with yeah. the flying loot martyrs is some major overriding abstraction involved it's never going to be too straight ahead yeah so i mean that's yeah. kind of i love it i love it i love that and um i was going to ask where you're going with it so you've got you've got some stuff that you're already that's already that's going to be coming out next year beautiful yeah i mean the new stuff is definitely mm, what you would probably put in my sort of br brutal prog kind of handbag maybe not the most yeah. complex but it's definitely pretty complex rockish stuff with some free playing um okay. but it'll be another flavor um i don't know i mean it's That's uh, it's just music i want to play right now and i have a great bass player and a great drummer to play it with. And that's all I care about. You know, what's I'm the, playing what's guitar the, still. What's the lineup? What's the current lineup? Guitar, bass, drums. I had to strip it down because we yeah. got to get on tour. And it's like power trio. Three people. Yeah. Yeah. Power trio. Exactly. Like, no, there's no, it's just all super stripped down. So, I mean, that was really after having a five piece band in New York, that yeah. was just, yeah. Yeah. Not in it trying to organize these people to do this yes. stuff. Yeah. I, I just looked at it and shook my head and went. So yep, you ran three piece band. You ran Lutenbuckers <laughs> while, while you were in New York too. Like, was it just a different lineup? Yeah, we made four albums in New York. Amazing, amazing, yeah. amazing. Um, I love this. I love this. It started out as kind of like a punk jazz thing, kind of like like the early records, sort of like a harmonic Ornette Coleman yeah. kind of punk yeah thing with a lot of improvising. Yeah, um, you get off the ground and we made a couple albums like that and then i was like all right folks now it's time to play songs and then i sat at my desk and wrote negative infinity and we hacked mm -hmm. that out and that was really um painful for me to um see that through and uh but it but it came out well i mean some people think that's the best flying lutenbarger's album i might agree with them actually and there you go you heard it here album. you heard it here hot take yeah the last album I made in New York was basically totally improvised and constructed by me because I wanted to do the exact opposite. It was like I was leaving town. I was basically like, all right, we got to do you one more album. Like, you know what? Okay. Just show up. 
just show up. We'll do this. No problem. So it was like the inverse of the previous one. And now, you know, the next one will be pretty brutal progish, no wavish or whatever, just because that's what I'm into right now. I want to rock. So yeah, baby. What's what's the void? Can you talk a little bit about the void that puzzled me a little bit? It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Thank you. It came after a record I made in 2003 called Systems Emerge from Complete Disorder, which was a MIDI nightmare. I mean, it was literally like one of the compositions, the 20 minute long composition I hacked away at for three years, just like typing. Oh, in my MIDI. God. It oh, my God. The most maniacal, maniacal composition that I think I've ever pulled off. But I was wow. just in the wow. zone with that. Yeah. So like that album, extremely. I I heard people complaining here and there about it yeah. being too complex and yeah. like you know what i put this new band together i'm gonna make the least complex album okay i can think of and i'm but i'm gonna trick you because it's it's gonna be so dumb you don't even realize it and basically i wrote that whole album from about five little um motifs musical motifs that wow. i sort of wow. had laying around so each of the seven or uh you know the first seven songs on that are yeah. basically a suite using the same okay. musical material okay. idiomatically in these different modes. So you might think there's seven different songs, but it's kind of the same song over and over. So okay. it was kind okay. of like, um, it's kind of a red herring, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not dumb, dumb. I mean, there's some like, uh, you know, I was, I definitely at that point, I was very heavily influenced by 20th century modernism, yeah. you know, like Sion, Bartok, Stravinsky, yeah. like all these so I, I love how really I love how it's um I love how it's kind of uh an answer to its its predecessor in a lot of ways too like like you're 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 doing a little bit of time travel in your work but you're also on the linear like yeah yeah it's a very interesting thing going on album to album but that's that's exciting to hear that it took you three years to to write that one beforehand um yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's what? just what yeah. it was. I well, was uh, with MIDI. Okay. Well, it's awesome. It's awesome. I love I love hearing the uh the struggles or or just the path to getting it out, you know. Um but I don't want to keep... yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Boy, that whole thing was written in a, about a week with me sitting there on guitar like at my wild, desk and I just wrote wild. So the demo three stuff. years beforehand. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Isn't so that it just, funny? It doesn't matter. Yeah. 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 Not, not really. I mean, whatever gets whatever gets her done. Yeah. You know. The, well, the creative. So yeah. So, you're right. Sometimes it can take a yeah. week. Sometimes it could take three years. I love that. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Um. Just depends on what you want. Yeah. Yeah. Depends on how you want to obsess.
look, we could talk. For, I, you, you're right. You, you've got it in you. Uh, I love it. I love it. Um, I, I don't want to keep you too long. I, I could go all, all night here, to be honest with you. But you're, you're. Uh, let's wind down a little bit. What, um, for any, and I don't even want to put an age to it, but for anyone aspiring, you talked very openly earlier, a, mo- a moment ago, about how you may you know don't assume that you're going to do this for forever um that it's that it is a difficult journey at times and that you'll you'll you're doing it on on the best terms you can i guess but what 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 advice would you give for anyone looking to live or or pursue a creative life um having a rich family helps yeah i've heard that Uh, Marrying, marrying, marrying into richdom. Another way, another good path. Um, yeah, it's very political. It's very competitive. Don't expect yeah. anything. Don't expect anyone to like your music. Don't expect anyone to care. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, mm, it'll probably be a pain in the ass if you do it right. Uh, I don't know. I, I find it amazing that so many people want to do this because it's, um, I mean, yeah. Uh, I, right. If if all these people would just put their energy into like saving the world, we'd be in a great place. But you know, I mean, like if, yeah. if we took everybody in yeah. a death metal band and actually yeah. like had them like work on the the on ecology, we would just be yeah. like saving the earth. Yeah. You know, you can't tell people to do. I don't know, like. I'm me and no one's ever going to be on my path and no one's ever going to be me. So it's like, I can't really give anybody advice other than that stuff, which doesn't sound very, like very much fun. You have to, you have to follow what you believe in. You have to try to go with your passion, but you might fail at it. I mean, it's, there's no guarantees. You just kind of do what you do. Mm -hmm. I, I think that, you know, I, I did all this on almost no budget, um, being, pretty broke most of my adult life, but I wanted to do it and I made it happen and I'm still alive. And, uh, I mean, if there's anybody out there that's like that, that's questioning what the hell is this all about? Feel free to get in touch because I mean, it's tricky. I mean, I think in America, like music is such a classist thing at this point. And Mm. I just don't see like rich people's culture as being always that relevant. Uh, I, you know, it's just like, I don't know. I, I feel, I feel, uh, anachronistic. I feel, oh, I feel, yeah. um, you know, I feel like I am a fringe figure because what I stand for, I'm just not like, I, I just wonder who else stance for these ideals at this point i have no idea i don't know i just do the work and put it out there and however people connect with it is great you know i just i can't control that i just do the work you know you're beautiful Um, i have supporters and i have people that uh you know stick up for me and stuff like that and i I probably wouldn't be where i am without those people also so it, it really takes a village it's not like you just go in and you're really cool and everyone cares and everything works out. I mean, that's just not the way it ever, yeah. <laughs> whether it went down. So yeah. I don't know, you know, yeah. be, be, uh, don't be a jerk. Um, be honest, uh, know what you're all about. 
deal with people, um, you know, like on a respectful level. Uh, I don't know. I mean, these are just things we we should all be doing, no matter if we're a musician or not. But this may be uh, this may be the one of the greater one of the greatest episodes of industry tactics. You know what I'm going to do as a gift? I'm going to give I'm going to give you the podcast. Weasel Walter. I mean, uh, that last bit that, yeah, look at that. Oh, he just stuck his tongue out. All right. You know what? You know what? I'm not giving it to you. I'm taking it, I'm taking it back. Hey, man, how about it's an honor? But yeah, I, I taking it back. You know. No, that was beautiful. That was, that was I mean, truly beautiful. Truly beautiful. Well, it, it sounds real Pollyanna, but I, I just think that a lot of people get to where they, they've gotten by being jerks and being deceptive and screwing people over. And that's well, all that's... Well and good, but I just can't. I don't see it that way. I don't want to I, be that I, way. And, okay, good. Th- thanks for like spelling that out because like I've come across yeah. so many people that I've called kind of climbers uh, over over the yeah. years of just like you know it's like w- will I will I know you in ten years or will you just be too cool you know and and that that's okay good I, I anyway thank you for saying that I, I I not to say that I thought at first that you were a climber I've you haven't I've never you you didn't give that impression it's just. When you talked earlier about just like the way you were when you're 20, I think I understand that energy. You know, it's like, yeah, you were you were in the pool. It's like what the analogy you gave of just trying to swim yeah. and survive, not you're when not climbing. Man, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, when I was yeah. a young man, I was there was a right and wrong way to do music, and I was doing it right, and I was going to destroy anyone who was doing it wrong. I got you. I got you. uh, I got you. I got you. I got you. Very twenty-year-old kind of yes, yes. (laughs) Right, hubris. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't have this anymore. That's Um, nice, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do. Yeah. being young is about learning things the hard way. Sometimes I certainly wow. did. I really appreciate that. No. I do. I, I appreciate the growth. You talked about it earlier. It's like, that's also what we're here to do through this. Um, and hopefully save the planet in some strange death metal kind of way, you know, <laughs> anyway. Um, well, thank you. Uh, go to, go to weaselwalter.com to learn more. Did I get it right? Yeah, you can put in weaselwalter.com. There's also weaselwalter.bandcamp.com for a lot of the music. Do that. And go then, buy the uh, go buy the catalog. Get in get in get into it. Yeah. You can also, I mean, if if nobody knows who I am or is not familiar with my work, this this whole thing must be almost confusing. Like, who is this guy? What no, you know what? You know what? You know what? I usually <laughs> I usually I, I should say this too. We usually cut to a bunch of music, but I'm just a gentle listener we're not gonna cut to the music because this body of work requires effort and weasel walter doesn't want to spoon feed you that i've learned go out and (laughs) and buy the music listen to the music get into it support a true independent artist uh in in weasel walter and the flying lutenbuckers and all of the projects that that you're a part of um Get into it. It blew my mind. Thank you to Gregory Jacobson for opening me up to your incredible. It's it's a big inspiration, and I love the way you do what you do. So thank you. If anyone has the remotest interest in any of this stuff that I've said, the Bandcamp page 
weaselwalter.bandcamp.com. Just put, you can poke around there all day. There's, I don't know how many releases are on there, but that is a pretty good introduction to um, my, my body of work. So cool. All the best, all the very best yep. to you. And thank you for being you. Right on. Hey, that's all I can do. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you have it. Thank you, Walter, again for coming on the podcast. Thank you, dear listeners, for uh, hanging out and being a part of this and supporting it. You go to weaselwalter.bandcamp.com to learn more about his incredible career and more produce coming from him soon. Uh, so follow his work. And if you want to learn more about mine, go to friendlyrich.com. And thank you for all the love that you've provided the podcast and my music and all of that. So... Next week, we've got the fine gent from Macula Dog uh, tuning in from New York. So that was an exciting conversation I had recently. Thank you for supporting, and we'll see you again soon on Industry Tactics. We're going to go out from another tune from the Negative Infinity record. This is On the Verge of Destruction from the Flying Lutenbachers. <laughs>
Oh, no, no. 